0: Uh, yeah, remember with the time when we have spent saying hi tie like For, idiots, uh, and then, then I finally saw episodes. it in the full Korean, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I've been doing all <laughs> wrong. Oh, okay, uh, we, we
1: are prejudiced against our own people.
0: <laughs> we, we're just ignorant fools.
2: You're listening to The John
3: Chee Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean-American, and more. And now,
4: here's your host... Nathan, Patrick, and KJ.
2: Welcome back to the John Cheese Show. I am your host, Nathan Nowak, along with KJ and Patrick. Hi guys. Hello. I'm KJ. I'm Patrick. (laughs) And I, this is the Woody <laughs> podcast. <no. laughs> hooray! Hooray, we're back. Oh, we're still I need here. A,
0: I need a bunch of kids going hooray. That would yeah. be fun. That would be a fun. That would be, that would be a good Can you idea. add sounds to the soundboard? Yeah, how do you think all these got here?
1: Well, I assumed it was just like a default one you could remove,
0: but not add. How do you think our music got in the...
1: That's a great... You know, I said that, and yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, and I was just like, hopefully he doesn't say it, so I wasn't going to say anything.
2: <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> though, <laughs> everyone. We are the John Chi Show. We are three Korean adoptees. We, this is... I mean, we are well into our 100th, 100-something hundred <laughs> episode. I don't want to, like, say the actual number. We are
1: well into our 100th episode. Hundredth- past oh hundreds. yeah this, this is episode 100 one episode
2: it's just 100, 100, over and over, over again Hundred we're back baby yeah. no I mean this is uh this has been great what for anyone listening for the first time what is John Chi and why do we call ourselves the John Chi show KJ oh I thought you were John asking Chi the people who are a,
1: listening yeah, uh, <laughs> speak now we'll take again. a five second pause
0: yeah door the explorer style that's correct that is uh, exactly. yeah. that's right mochila is Backpack. back back <laughs> The monkeys uh, yeah, don't wear boots. Janshi <laughs> means uh, to feast. Um, and we believe that you can't properly feast without celebrating or you can't celebrate without properly without a feast. Uh, so that's what we're here to do. We're here to celebrate who we are, what makes us uh, ourselves, what binds us together, what separates us and makes us unique. Uh, all the while, um, just having a, a good old time. And then at the end of the show, I was going to say all the while eating, but we don't eat the whole time. We only eat at the end. We have a Korean... Yeah, that uh, a snack would be or sometimes a <laughs> Korean drink.
1: Um,
0: sometimes yeah. I'm eating
1: right as we enter into the interview. Yeah, well, that's, that's true.
0: Sometimes, sometimes finish we're finishing dinner. We yeah, <laughs> yes. off mic. And off then, mic. then sometimes it's, on, then mic. Sometimes sometimes it's on mic. And then sometimes we haven't
2: eaten yet. And while the interview is happening, all I can think of is food, 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 food. <laughs> 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 because we sometimes record this right right during our dinner times. And since we're spread out, we're in three different time zones. So uh, we have a widespread
0: of, of uh, dinner time. I Guess uh, that we
2: are taking up
0: so that's true. Well, in, in this episode, we actually take up a fourth time zone that is vastly different from our standard continental time zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, very true. Guest yeah. calls in from South Korea. I do we talk about ding. where I guess she's nope. just in Seoul, right? This I don't know. Is, yeah.
1: We did not get into it. I don't believe you get into cool. the specifics.
0: That's yeah. fine. What you did know, we get into? We <laughs> 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 what did we get into
2: no spoilers
0: uh, but we so our overview. guest today is nikki webster um you may know her from her instagram handle nikki often or as we'll find out later nikki of 10 uh we talk about her life growing up in the maryland uh wait yeah ba- baltimore is in maryland right yes Okay, cool. I just remember thinking, good morning, Baltimore. But then like, I was like, wait a minute, is that actually near the DMV? Because I was going to say, whatever, growing up in the Baltimore area, it's fine. And then uh, moving, going to Korea, moving back to the US, going back to Korea, really like what that journey has been like, not just from a physical standpoint, but from her identity and those things. And how as a Korean adoptee, um, she has had a different relationship with maybe the greater Korean adoptee community in America uh, than you would typically hear on the show. um, Which is really wonderful for us uh, just to hear yet another uh, diverse point of view, diverse experience um, in what binds us together. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really fantastic episode. It was like 10 a.m. for her so uh and like nine at night for some of us so yeah it was uh it was a good time so it was uh, a good time
2: we were honored to meet her actually at our first john chi live in la too so oh we, yeah we, One of we, we do talk a little bit about that so we have we actually met in her in person yeah. before
0: we actually had her on the show yeah, yeah. so Shout that's out to usually...
1: katie Gagle, i believe was a uh, connect there i think she hmm. says that too oh maybe yeah
0: i think she mentions um, that Right on. So thanks for, shout out Katie for bringing us together. And uh, yeah, here is that interview right now. Roll it. (laughs)
2: Welcome back to the John Chi Show interview time. (laughs) We are here with an international interview as well. So um, we are here with Nikki Webster all the way from Korea. Thank you Ooh. so much for joining us in, in the early morning and evenings for us.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah. Like like all of our episodes, we typically start with um, uh, as much or as little as you'd like to tell us about your story.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, I was born in 1987 in Korea, like a lot of us, and I got adopted to Maryland on the East Coast I lived there for 25 years, and then I was reunited with my Korean family. Sorry, I'm a little nervous suddenly. Um,
4: <laughs> All good.
3: Yeah. Um, so I I grew up pretty normal, actually. So I don't share the same the same struggles that people had. Like, oh, I was the only Asian kid in school because being next to the D.C. Virginia area, there was like a lot of Korean Americans there, and so people pretty much just thought i was one of them i went to, to to really like good baltimore county public schools so there was like a lot of diversity and and you know not not the same kind of like small town feel as most people have i guess um and it was like a struggle my my childhood was a struggle i think people who follow me kind of already know all about that um and anyone who doesn't follow me you can probably just look it up cuz i don't want to like
4: <laughs>
3: get too heavy into it um but yeah it was a, it was a pretty tough struggle my parents like divorced when i was when they got me kind of they separated and then mm-hmm. they divorced mm-hmm. there was a custody battle um i grew up with a sister who has a developmental disability she's 7 years older than me and i think when i was young i i became a caretaker like at a quite young age.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and then my my adoptive mother, she tried her best, but I think she there was just a lot of things in her own life that she needed to deal with. Um and I couldn't I couldn't help her with that. And I think a lot of the times adoptive parents think that we're gonna help them with that. But um yeah, I just I couldn't and I <clears throat> sorry, I, um, yeah, I think I didn't attach to her when I was young. Um, and I mentioned this in, in one of my drawings. I had a nanny when I was young. So we were like, I think I was actually adopted into a quite affluent family at first. Um, and I think I attached to that nanny and like in the early childhood years. And then she disappeared as soon as I could go to school. So I didn't really attach to my mom after that. And I think that's probably the biggest reason uh, like of why that happened. It's not my mom was like a bad person. It was just literally attachment theory. And um, yeah, I just like struggled growing up kind of like the same struggles as most normal kids, just like not fitting in and school work and and extracurriculars and stuff. Um, and my mom, the, I think I'm really thankful to her actually, cause she cultured me a lot when I was young, like with, like we would go to the symphony and mm-hmm. I did ice skating. I did horseback riding. Like these are all kind of like rich people things in my mind. So I'm really thankful for that, for those things. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I was just personally, internally going through a lot. And I went through high school and as soon as I could like drive a car, I would just always be at someone else's house, like my friends or just going to the library or just driving around, not to be at home. Um, and then I went to college and I like really separated from my family then cause you, could, you can live on campus and you can take sc- classes in the summer and the winter also. And you can just never go home if you don't want mm-hmm. to. Um and then my like last year of school I decided to study abroad to China instead of Korea cuz I think it was that thing that people do where they're like, "Oh, I have Korean roots, but I'm too scared to actually go there yet." Um so I decided to go like adjacent to it, but I at that time I applied to meet my family or I like asked Holt, "Can you help me with that?" And they said, "Sure." And they did, like, the letter that everyone talks about, like, write it to your birth mother. They sent it off, and my oldest sister answered me back. Um, and they heard that I was in China, so they they were like, yeah, you should just come over here. Um when you go back yeah, to
0: the states, yeah, you should just come over this way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just when you've you already crossed the Pacific, that's like it's true. That's know, good no. point. Yeah, depending that's on a good what point. part yeah. of China you're in, you're like that's like a three-hour flight. Like, yeah, that's not
3: but bad. as a college student, a change ticket is really <clears throat> expensive. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're so. like, but
0: I have no monies, <laughs> <laughs> no monies of any part of the world.
3: <laughs> so yeah, but I did it, and then we, they, we went in the room, and they just united me, I guess, and they were like okay you're good and <laughs> i went to have one meal with them and at that like kind of moment i was like i have to go back to america and finish my degree and then i have to come here and teach english this is my only chance to have a family and mm. um there was like a lot of desperation behind my first move to korea and this move is very different so i'm really thankful for that too um <clears throat> i'm really thankful for my whole life actually but um yeah, it was, it was just like, I was just like, I gotta get out of here. And, um, I left and I came here and then from 2012 to 17, I was here continuously. And I never once during that time went back to the States, um, which I think is kind of different also from other adoptees because at least they go home for like Christmas every year. Um, But I think there are some who don't who don't do that, too, though. Um, And then that was a really fun time because there were a lot of adoptees here who were my age and we were all kind of lost and young and like Seoul is such a fun city to get lost in like that. So um, I'm glad I had that experience when I was at an age where it was like more okay to be a little bit messy Um, I'm trying not to live that way now. And I think I'm doing a good job, but, um, yeah. And then I, I, at the end, there was like a lot of things that happened in there at the end of that. I, I had this job with, um, a Korean mobile gaming company and I just wanted to go home so bad, like go home, you know, like I say that going to both places actually. Mm. Um, and I, so I told them, like, I just can't work here anymore. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to leave. And my team, Jang at that time, uh, she was really nice to me. And she was like, well, you know, there's like a Los Angeles office of our company. So if you want, I can help you just apply there. And so I did. And um, I was lucky because the manager over there, he actually knew me and like my work already. So he was like, yeah, I think you'll be fine for the job. Just come. Um, so I, I went back to Virginia first and I, I went to just a friend's place. And then I didn't know what I was doing. Cause I didn't know if I was really getting that job like that. I left before he told me you, you have the job. And I went to Mississippi to see like a distant cousin of mine. Um, I stopped in New Orleans and then I went to LA and then during L.A., that was really tough, too, because the first two years were good. I had that job, but then 2020 came and everything sort of went crazy. Yep. Um, and when I and left- And then you
0: met us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. was 2021. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just moving along, moving along the timeline. Before the dark happened, ages. Then you met us, mm. and then uh, everything <laughs> is rosy now, right? Yeah. <laughs> He met us. Yeah, she just said, And she now i dark ages. And it's <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's that's the turn. It's fine. <laughs>
3: um yeah. And then yeah, your guys' that event was great. I I liked that event. I was like a little bit like nervous and weird. I remember I like followed you guys back to your hotel room. That was so embarrassing. But I did want to see it. And I was really impressed actually. You guys got like a like a whole suite and like a courtyard and stuff. It looked like you were like royalty almost.
0: Yeah, um, shout out to a friend and former guest, Tom Boganski, for hooking us up. Yeah, yourself. that yes. was awesome. Mm. Shout out to Tom.
3: <clears throat> nice.
0: It would, if it was just us, it would not have been that. It would have been yeah. like a motel. Motel. Oh, what were we about to say? The eight?
4: <laughs> yeah. And someone on the couch.
3: In, in like Skid Row. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I got to the, oh yeah, so just recently, last year, I, you know, I was like, I kept getting jobs. Like, I can get jobs Very easily, actually, Um, because I am in customer support and nobody really wants to do that. And I've done it for so long that I'm good at it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm. So I could just I could get jobs. But the way corporations are now, they're like really abusing lower level employees. Mm. Um, And I got like this freelance position um, where I wasn't getting health insurance and, and I wasn't getting, you know, like a 401k and stuff, which I think is important. Um, so I, they kept telling me I was, I could be a full-time employee, but I, I ended up not believing them about that. So, and I lost my car in a car accident. And coincidentally, I also lost my car the first time I moved here too. Um, that's kind of weird, actually.
0: <laughs> You're like, not that um, I say that out loud. I've got yeah. terrible yeah, luck no with Yeah, now it cards. sounds like I plan my accidents.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I moved to, oh, yeah. So I decided, like, I asked my sister a month in advance, can I, can I come home? And she was like, yeah, I'll do everything to help you if you want to come back here. Um, and she is kind of like the one sister who i truly truly love i love all the other ones too but they don't talk to me as much as her and she Mm -hmm. hosted me in her house for like two months um Mm -hmm. just recently waiting for me to like you know transfer the money that i needed over and get my f4 visa in place um so that i could live my own life here um and i like right now because of all that that she did for me that's kind of my goal here is to like continue with the Nikki often stuff. I want a day job to like a normal job. Um, But on the side, what I want to do is, is to, to give that kind of service to other adoptees who maybe want to move here and they are overwhelmed with like, I don't know how to get a housing contract or I don't know, you know, All the paperwork that I need to do, I know that Goal helps people with that too, but there were like some ins and outs that we weren't prepared for just based on Mm -hmm. Goal's information. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's like it i guess i sort of <laughs> sorry i gave you like a chronological thing i no, don't know that's great
0: all good no <laughs>
4: thank you for sure there's no that.
0: bad way to tell your story there really say, isn't you there just really is like not. i don't know i was born and now i'm here I'm like great let's talk about that <laughs> yeah.
3: i feel yeah, like but, i glossed over a lot of emotions but
1: well, well what i've learned over you know the how many guests do you think we've had like 70 maybe sure, so a yeah. hundred and some episodes is that, like KJ said, there is no one way to tell the story. Mm. And again, I think I make this anecdote all the time when a guest is like, did I do that right? (laughs) It's like we've had some people come on and share their story in like 30 seconds, and then Mm. some people come on and like take 20 minutes minutes. and like lay (laughs) it all out there. And it's just like, and it's great in either way because it leads us down, you know, different lines of questioning, different ways, different (laughs) avenues to explore um, I said lines of questioning, like I didn't I didn't like that, but we um, just
0: want to be a platform for people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to to, to, find share, their voice and to share. share their stories. Yeah. yeah. And know and that so, you are able to do that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So. Exactly. Thank you. Um,
1: well, I personally resonated with a, a lot of your story. So, again, I really appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things so like, kind of going back in, in that chronology, one of the things that I really connected with, I've never really thought about before until you said it was how, like, in high school when you were able to drive, like, you would just get in the car and go. Like, you would get in the car, go to a friend's house, or you would just be on the road. And whether that was specifically tied to some certain specific emotion or whatever the case may be, um, I was very much like that. Like, I, I didn't really feel like I was trying to, in my mind back then, I didn't feel like I was trying to escape something so much. I was, but for whatever reason, I was just always out. And I mm. never put a thought to it like I'm trying to get away from something potentially. You know, I've had, I, have a, I still have a great relationship with my family. I had one then. And, you know, I can, I can chalk it up a little bit to maybe like rebellious teenager phase. <laughs> but also it's like I never thought about it in the sense that like th- there's something unsettled about me that has to be there and is also searching for maybe not family specifically, but community of mm. people. Um, when you were in that phase in searching, did you feel like, did you feel like you were able to build community with the people around you that you were growing up with then, whether it was like the necessary community that you needed, or uh, uh, was it at least like, I could build friendships that, that have lasted, I guess, past that point. I don't know if that question makes any sense. I apologize.
4: Um... But like,
1: (laughs) I guess in the context of like trying to, like maybe thinking about trying to get away from something like in finding yourselves at your friend's house or, or at another person's place. Um, I don't know. Did you feel like, do you feel like that was that sense of community or something else?
3: No, it was all distraction and just really trying to not be at home. Um, I had like a really good friend of high school or a really good group of high school friends. Um, mm. And we were all pretty close, but I don't know, for some reason I, it was, I just ended up destroying that whole group. And I, kind of do that a lot sometimes like i've noticed that about myself kind of like not being able to have good friends um and it's really sad but uh yeah i don't know if i'm answering the question right either but yeah no i i just i didn't find community back then no it was i was just trying to be a normal kid that's all i wanted i just wanted a normal life and um So I would go to people's houses and, you know, kind of like watch in awe and stuff of like their dads, basically, since mine was never around and and watch how people are really growing up just playing video games or just, you know, going to soccer practices and stuff, which is stuff that I did. But it's like almost every good memory I have is tainted by by some weird insecurity or some thought of like, I'm here and I'm doing what? other people are doing, but like something's still wrong with me and, Mm. or something's still wrong with this whole situation. And, um, yeah, I did, I think I didn't, I'll just flow into (laughs) another topic. Um, I don't think I found adoptee community until like college ish, like middle college, but it's not the same community. I think that's happening now. Um, I, I feel like we weren't really focused on like race and identity or may, that might just be me. I, I think I've always like kind of taken a step away from those communities. Like I just wanted friends not to like talk about adoption. And, um, but I thought if we, you know, if we share this in common, we can, maybe it's, can be a deeper level of friendship, but I don't think that's true anymore.
0: Mm. So do you- do you think the um, the feeling that you had of like kind of that, whether it's like Uncanny Valley or the idea of just like just going through the motions and like pantomiming like younger, do you think that that was related to ado- like you're being adopted or do you just think it was like the circumstances of your life? I just heard you say, you know, it was like, I don't know, I just for some reason, I felt like I could never be normal, like, there was like, kind of a natural outsider-ness. And I know that like, for a lot of adoptees, that can, it can just be the fact of adoption, that's like the chip on the shoulder, it can be the transracial nature of an adoption or something like that. But do you think it was any of those things for you?
3: Um, Sorry, I'm a little, like, confused, because Uncanny Valley, I don't, I'm not sure oh, what that Oh, it's means. like when
0: something is like, it's for all intents and purposes it should be right, but it's like something's off, and you can't really describe it. But like oh. something's definitely off.
3: Oh, yeah. it's the thing where it, when they draw something, it's human, but you can tell it's not. Yeah, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. the
1: CGI faces, like on Princess yeah, like Leia at the mm, end of Rogue One, is mm, yeah. the wide or one, the, that the original I come back to. Avatar.
3: And then there was another oh, word. Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, there was another word. Pan, <laughs> pandering. No, what did uh, you? Oh, say? Yeah. Oh, is that what is that? Parroting
0: i mean kind of yeah it's just like but just the idea of like going through the motions yeah
3: oh okay um
0: sorry i really big words sorry yeah
3: (laughs) you're gonna have to dumb it down (laughs) (laughs)
0: because when he said that valley word
2: i was like i I have no clue what he's talking about that's (laughs) fine there's a blank face on my side too so don't worry
3: (laughs) okay (laughs) sorry no sorry i was gonna say um Oh, yeah. So I forget the question because we went into the yeah, definition yeah, that's okay. so, of
0: those words. I'll, I'll ask it again. So do you think that the like the, that sense of when you were younger, like going through the going through the emotions and wanting to be normal? Do you think that the thing that was holding you back from feeling normal was adoption related or race related or is it just kind of circumstances of your life related?
3: No, it was my family. Yeah, it was the way I was being raised. Um, Mm -hmm. my mom was like pretty reclusive. She ended up to be pretty reclusive and I, I don't blame her. I think she, that's what she needed at that time to, to survive what she was going through. Um, but I think it's pretty damaging for a kid and it's also not her fault that back, you know, when we, in my, I guess, cohort of adoptees or whatever, you know, they, they I've seen the pamphlets that they were given when they adopted us and they, Mm
4: -hmm. they
3: all basically just said, just tell them they're just like everyone else. Just tell them that they're loved and they're not different. And it's, I, I just, I don't know. I knew something was wrong with that back then, but I didn't exactly know what it was. And I just got angry, I guess. And I was just like, no, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with this. And I think I wasn't thinking about, like there's something wrong with an Asian kid not being told about what their culture is or whatever. I was just thinking there's something wrong with, like the placement that I was put into. Like, how can they mm-hmm. give a child to this broken of a family? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, i think I think I skirted around I skirted around this issue a
4: lot,
0: no, yeah, that's okay. I I just think it's, it's important. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just curious um, because for some people it is like, Oh, it's definitely adoption. That's the thing to keep me from feeling normal. Or Mm. for some people it is like, no, it's because I am Asian, but I didn't think about that very much. And so like, Mm. you know, and so, but I think that, you know, like our, our stories are diverse and that's the other thing that we want to do with the show is to to show diversity of story and diversity of thought. And I Mm. think, yeah, it's important to be like, I don't know, those weren't really factors. Mm. Uh, I had other, other things, quote unquote, normal things, you know, that like not quote, whatever, not adoption, not race, whatever, just things that I was going through that was, was preventing me from doing that. And then at the same time, you, you mentioned, you know, coming into finding the adoptee community, um, in college, but like, was that like on your radar as a community to find, was that like a, or was that the moment where you, um, kind of like, we're like, oh, dang, I'm adopted that maybe that means things or, you know, like, I think just kind of what was like the the, the journey of like, how you think about being adopted
4: before mm. the friend
0: group through the friend group to
4: now?
3: Mm. Um, well, the high school friend group, we never really, I never talked anything about that. Um, and then I did the, the same thing that kind of everybody goes through all of us, which is go to college, and then suddenly you meet a bunch of Asian people all at one time and like you really interact with them not it's not just like you're sitting next to them in class it's like you have free will to talk to them um and I tried I think I tried to join like a sorority and uh like a those APAC clubs or whatever um but I just could tell I think I could tell that I wasn't like them and that's I think that's where the that first struggle of like race came in not when I was little because everyone was fine with me but um yeah I was just like I'm not like these people at all and um I tried to go to like a Korean church because I thought that was going to be a way to meet people and be in Korean spaces and is big mistake like I really (laughs) really did not enjoy and that like I found
0: a Korean space I don't want to be in yeah for, like for
3: sure I, I, I have like a I feel few... like they can be
0: really intense
3: yeah they they can be all they can also be very like vile and vicious and that was I think that was one of them um but they can also be good and intense because I've also been to a Korean like Baptist church and that's kind mm. of like the most intense sect that I've ever mm. encountered um and but my they're all good people they weren't like bad Um, but yeah, like the, the pastor there, like singled me out as a false prophet and he told me to leave. And I, I just, and he like did it through a service, not like taking me aside and asking me is something wrong. Yeah. he, He just did a service about that, like a passage in the Bible about false prophets. And I knew it immediately. And I, that's one of the things I like about myself is that I can tell when people are doing that kind of stuff to me. Um, But it's, I wish he had just been straightforward about it. Like, Mm. why? Um, Right. But yeah, so I did that kind of stuff. And then I think I just, I met some, uh, I met, I think I met a lady who had a Chinese adopted daughter somehow, randomly, and then she, because of her research and her being like wanting her daughter to have adoptee people around, she connected me with those groups rather than me doing it on my own. Yeah. And then because Facebook came out at that time, it was a lot easier to like go into those groups and start Mm. seeing other people's like stories and stuff. You know, I think the reason why I don't, I don't really like, Okay. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to your guys' podcasts a lot. Like, That's,
0: I don't either.
4: That's How funny. dare <laughs>
3: you? <laughs> I, I really don't listen to any anymore because I feel like I, I did all that journey already, yeah. honestly. sure. Um, hundred
1: mm-hmm. percent.
3: And I, yeah, I'm still just really focused on my story. Like I'm still going through so much and yeah. I, I just don't want to get like too confused, I guess. But yeah, at that time, instead of podcasts, everybody was writing what they wanted to write on Facebook. So I joined those kind of groups and um, learned how toxic it, it could be. And so I like stepped away. I also was like married and divorced once from an adoptee. So um, there's nothing toxic about him or wrong with him. I don't think, but. Um, it just wasn't a good situation for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I, I took a step away from all of that too. And then, but it's, for me, it's like a, I don't know what topic we're talking about, but for me, it's like a wave, like sometimes I'll go deep and I'll start to like really connect with other adoptees and strangers and stuff and want to like volunteer and whatever. But Um, sometimes I'm just like, everybody, please leave me alone. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody about this and I just want to live my life.
1: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, well, that's what, so on the topic of like, what topic are we on? Um, specifically like community, um, that was what I wanted to follow up with was like, it seems like you have kind of like met community from specifically from the adoptee space, in different ways at different times. So like you met met some in college or got connected to community that way, mm. and then you went abroad and then you ended up moving to Korea, then met Korean adoptees there and engaged or participated in community in whatever ways there, and then came back. And now it's like where we, the wave that we are a part of um, of for like 2020 on of really like these voices coming out, it seems like maybe a little bit of re-engagement there what like I feel like not a ton of people there are a a few but not a ton of people like see different versions of the community like Mm -hmm. that in those ways and I was wondering if you could if you've noticed like or if you could share what you think like the biggest change has been from like folks operating out of the community over that course in time
3: um the biggest changes well I I I think I mentioned earlier like the more of the talks about like racism specifically and the coming out of the fog thing like mm-hmm. I came out of the fog organically when that was not actually like used as a phrase mm-hmm. for us sure. and then now I hear it a lot and I'm like what are these people talking about <laughs> and
1: what <laughs> is this
4: Yeah
3: really like when I first heard it I was like this is not this is not right but <laughs> <laughs> but I, it is right for people like it's right for a lot of people to use that phrase for yeah. things. Um, but I, for me personally, I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but I think it's good. And I think now adoptees are being exposed to it younger. I, I think there's not a lot of us left actually who are young though. Uh, I think there's maybe one generation below us and that's it. Then it's all China after that. Um, I feel that way. I don't know. I might yeah. be wrong because I it's don't. It's like
1: a, sm- it's like kids. a smattering. I actually just <laughs> saw they just put out a report like the adoption international statistics, and mm-hmm. like Korea's is in like the two hundreds. It's like super low. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like they're just peppered in like fifty from like Ghana or something, or like fifty. <laughs> like it's just really weird. Like there's still like probably a hundred. I would say maybe not a hundred. Like sixty to seventy sending countries on there and you see the statistics so i definitely get what you're saying like there there's this there's like we are closing the bridge almost of like from that like the first wave really not the first wave of international adoptees i guess i'll say to like this point in time where like you are only going to have to worry about educating so x amount yeah Mm -hmm. per year yeah and then for me for like from that train of thought it's like well, then who are we supposed to be educating? And it's like, this is a whole nother conversation. It's like all these other people who are not adopted, who need to know and understand this experience. But yeah, Mm. I just wanted to just because I was like, it's just like, there is but you're right. And I don't feel like we talk about that a lot. That international adoption is not as prevalent. And where people are like, we need to shut this down. It's like, yeah it's kind of shutting down its own, not that it's it's good in you know, certain the in the ways it's been operating anyways, and not that it is still. but mm-hmm. you know, things are happening still. and it allows us to shift our focus a little bit, I think, from my perspective,
3: yeah, yeah. I think um that's that's a change to like the the ch- the way that adoptive parents are told to talk to us, yeah, or mm-hmm. like, whatever the way we tell them to talk to us actually cuz like we all sure. grew up and now we're adults so we can tell our parents like hey you're wrong um <laughs> and i think uh what else i don't know it's i it's weird it's hard to say over time what's changing i think those are the things that changed over time um mm-hmm. but the the spaces are all different. It doesn't matter what time it is. So like in the U S it's a lot about networking, mental health, um, doing like Korea, like kind of in my mind, I'm sorry, but it's like kind of like cutesy Korean stuff, like the touristy, touristy kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: Um, and then in Korea, it's, I don't know. It's a little bit darker here. Like kind of most of the people who I, think are here are people who there's a reason why they're here because something was going wrong in the States for them. And I am in that category. So I'm not like on a pedestal or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because of that, the, the space is a lot different and we, we don't try to like network. We're all trying to survive in Korea and there's not a yeah. lot that people can do to help each other because we're all coming without a lot of money and stuff. Yeah. Um well
0: and I think that's fair. Like that's that's good to to speak to as well because I think it's it's um maybe if even if no one really talks about it, I think there's a sense of adopt international adoptees must feel a yearning for their home country. Like they mm. must have this like disney level like rose rose colored glasses about like what it'll be like to go home and like their home country and whatever and i know that like for a number of adoptees are like yeah korea has nothing for me for a number of adoptees it's like i don't know korea just like i mean for me i'm like i feel like korea just gets me but then also yeah they're like i don't know i just i feel like i don't belong anywhere but i'm technically from this country so i'm going to go there and then just figure it out you know like that it's i don't think that you often hear the perspective of like no i'm actually leaving something and this is just like a way for me to land you know because the other option would be like maybe england because they also speak english or you know whatever (laughs) but like canada doesn't feel that far away or far away enough you know but there there is the side of leaving not just like going towards or returning to but actually just leaving as a
3: yeah, I mean, option, so. I was running from everything the first time yeah. I came here, and yeah, that's I. I mean, that's something I also don't connect with adoptees coming here. Like I, when I, I didn't do that thing where I stepped off the plane and I feel some like emotion wave coming. Even when I met my family, they were like, for the first time ever, they were like, oh, you, you don't really show a lot of emotions. And I was like, that's crazy because I have tons of emotions.
4: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but...
3: Yeah, they were I mean, I've learned over time over the last like ten years of being reunited with them that they're like that too. My sisters are like that too. So <laughs> yeah. And my dad was like that too. So now I know where like, I go. Oh, it we from. all
1: don't show emotions.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're like, like we're
3: emotional, emotional yeah. but we like yeah, yeah, yeah. we know how to handle it. But um, internal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were like, I don't know, Americans are loud. We expect you to be louder about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I
3: think they I, I think they think I'm loud too. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't I don't share that with People usually, I I did the thing where I was just like, uh, I just want to get out of here. I'm just going to go there and whatever happens, happens, which is Mm kind of not how I normally am. But I was when I was young. I was pretty reckless back then. Um, And very luckily for me, everything worked out pretty well. So that's good. Um, And I also, the one thing I also want to say is I did not have a specific yearning to meet my birth mother. She's probably the person who I am the least close to right now within mm. my whole family. Um, I think I'm even closer to like her sisters, my aunts. Um, mm. And so I, I don't understand that struggle either very much. Um,
0: and like I, the yearning to meet your birth mother thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes me look really insensitive, but I just, I just don't get it. At all, um, yeah. And I don't think Korea gets me the same way that you feel. Um, so i I don't know. I don't know what it is about this place, but I feel better here now. But I think that's because I feel better. It's not about Korea yeah. or the U.S. Yeah, because I could have a good life in the U.S. too. I could have just chosen a different city, um, and and just kept trying. But I just wanted to come back. Mm -hmm.
2: So one thing I have to uh, go back to is when you first started talking about your trip to Korea for the first time, you, you know, you said you wanted to go home um, there. Have you always, I really love that you call both Korea and America home, um, first off, but was it always like that? Did you always consider that both were your home and what, um, you know, what came to, how did you come to that conclusion of saying that Mm. and realization?
3: Well, the when I first went to Korea, I didn't call it home. I said oh, I want to go there, and then I lived here for five years, the first five years, and then America was my home. I think it's almost like wherever I'm, where for. Okay, so first, Ameri- you're
0: always looking for that greener grass.
4: <laughs>
3: that that was the middle part. Yeah, I think America first was my home, and then when I was in my like struggle period for from. Los Angeles and the first trip to Korea I was like the other place is home not where mm. I am um mm. and then now both places are home because I mm. grew up and I like stabilized my mind a little bit um and I think that I like that evolution and I like all evolutions like that I have so many things where I had to like change my mind about things like that and yeah usually the third or fourth iteration is the best one so um, but yeah, that's why I use it interchangeably now because I have experience in both places. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like that a lot, and I I like that I like you sharing that like you don't feel that yearning that that's like sense of feeling that adoptees feel like yearning for your mother or other certain feelings. Um, just because again, like KJ said, you know our stories are very diverse, and we all live and operate in whatever ways that we do at, as, as individuals. I think we a lot of times, especially Korean adoptees can take this collective mindset of like, we all do the thing the same way and we have to do it that way. And I disagree with that. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's the case at all. Um, I think we're all going to operate differently and, and go through it. We might have similar or shared through lines, but everybody's story is different. Um, and I share all that though, to kind of get to, you've, you've mentioned it a little bit. And one of the reasons um, that we connected with you is because of, Uh, your Instagram account, Nikki often, or Nikki of 10, as I believe you are going to enlighten (laughs) us on a little bit, but I bring that up now. um, And then tying it to like that feeling of emotion that you don't necessarily feel or understand because one of the things I have on my desk here is this drawing that you did. Um, Uh. And I remember when you posted it, uh, I think it was a story that I saw it on originally like I felt that yearning feeling mm. and like, and it's funny to hear you explain that. Like you don't feel that, but sometimes like, and then thinking about like the art that you make, the mm. the things that you create and the feelings and emotions they can elicit from specifically other Korean adoptees or just adoptees in general. So I just wanted to share that because I stare at this. I look at this every day. It's right next to a picture of my grandparents. You know, it's like, this is like my familial corner of the, of different emotions uh, off to the left side here. So I wanted to go into that and ask you a little bit if you could share kind of how you got into, started this account, how you got into this particular style of graphic design and creation um, with the artwork that you do on the account.
3: Um. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can talk about that. Sorry, I've, I was surprised to see my own drawing on your desk. Thank you for
4: having me there. Also, the for
0: for the listener at home who couldn't see that, it's oh, a, yeah, a sorry, young sorry, boy
4: sorry. and
0: <laughs> uh, a Korean woman in a traditional <clears> hanbok. <throat> so, uh, I, who I assume, I guess, for our intents and purposes, it's a, a an adoptee and a birth mom. Um, there might have been a caption associated with it that would explain that more. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Really, It was posted on the last really day of Nam
1: this past year.
0: It
4: was. Um, Mm.
1: I don't think it was, but I don't think it was specifically about that. It wasn't about the yearning feeling or anything like and that. Did you purchase that, sir?
4: I okay. can <laughs> <laughs> That was a gift. That was a gift it was to, a to gift. Patrick. Well, I offered <laughs> to purchase Nathan is like, of her did you blow up Instagram and then <laughs> just, like, print it it just like, did he just like take at his, a screenshot yeah. of Instagram and then
2: print it on his home printer? No, it's. I'm it's like having here. some.
1: Uh, <laughs> some I would him. never do that.
0: <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> Only because he's incredibly lazy.
1: <laughs> because I have a terrible <laughs> black and white printer. <laughs>
3: um yeah, no, sorry. That was um thank you for for having that drawing of mine. Um and I can reshare it like whenever we all share this podcast to everyone. Um but yeah, sorry. My so the drawings started when I was in Korea the first time. Um and I was in, uh, what's it? I was at Korea university. I was in the graduate school there. Um, I had gotten a scholarship for, to study like, and it's the national scholarship here. It's like quite prestigious, but there are seats for adoptees. So anyone who's interested, please definitely look it up. It's N I I E D K G S P. Um, and you get a free year of topic preparation and Two free years of school um, at any university that's that's in their list. Um, that's a pretty I, good deal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it would have been amazing if I had gotten my master's degree, but I didn't. So I chose to go to the Korean graduate school rather than the international student school which is a huge mistake so definitely don't do that guys unless you speak korean perfectly
0: i was gonna say is like do you have graduate level korean because that that would be amazing
3: no but there's people who can do it though there's people who there were like a lot of southeast asians who came um who were in the program with me and They learned Korean to level six topic, which is the highest one. So they were like basically fluent when we ended a one year program. But that's because they were taught like from birth that the only thing that was going to get them through life was to study. And they were given kind of like, you know, privileged lives where the only thing they had to worry about was studying. So that's why they did really good. And I was like, I remember being like super bitter, actually, against people like that, everyone who could learn Korean faster than me. Um, Like learning Korean was really hard my first time that I came here. And for some reason now it's, it's coming to me a lot easier. Um, But yeah, I, I was in that program and the year, the first year of the Korean stuff was fun and good. Like it was a little bit hard, but I was glad to be learning Korean. And then, but the first like semester of Korea university, like I remember going into the classroom with all the people and on the first day, and the the professor like read out my English name. And then um everyone kind of started like giggling and laughing. And I it just like, you know, brought me back totally to grade school where I was being made fun of for something, for being a little bit different about something. And they called
0: out Nikki Webster, and you were like, it's pronounced often. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. That's, I had to say that to him.
4: (laughs) No, (laughs) I just,
3: and then I just felt bad because like, I kind of laughed too. And he got so angry at me, the professor, he was like, don't ever disrespect me like that. And I, I just, I just was like, this is not where I want to be. And then there was a girl who was actually really kind to me and she was Korean American, so she could speak English very well. And she was like, you know what, if you need help, like in the classes, like, let's study together and, I can help you with all this, but I realized from like her work ethic that I wasn't, I didn't belong there either. Cause she just really wanted to study and she wanted to do research. And I was just like, yeah, I kind of took this scholarship, not really knowing what it's like to be in academia. And, mm-hmm. um, I met a couple people at the GSIS program that year. And one of them was a Korean adoptee. And I, sort of like got involved with him and I was just struggling so much that I started making drawings to like send to him kind of (laughs) as like notes and stuff, but he just was like, not, not having it. So, um, I ended up just like doing it for myself and then I put it on my personal Instagram first and people were like, Oh, that's kind of good actually. Like they're really cute. And, but it was actually,
0: I, I want this printed. (laughs) (laughs)
3: But my style now is, is changed over time. Like it used to be very like kind of ugly, cute. And now it's, I kind of like finessed it a lot
4: Mm. over
3: the years. Um, But yeah, so that was like the start of it. Just like total, just being sad all the time, needing to put it somewhere. Nobody understood me. Really nobody understood me. Like I, I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, and it sounds cliche, but there's so many life experiences I have that other adoptees cannot talk about. So um yeah, I I just really, really felt alone all the time. And it was Christmas time, so I made one Christmas drawing that was really, really good. I still post it every Christmas. Um and then yeah, and then I just made in the Nikki Often account. Because I was like, I don't want this in my personal account. <laughs> I just, I want it to be separate.
4: Sure.
3: Um, and it wasn't like a strategic thing. It wasn't like, oh, because I'm going to build a whole brand later. I just was like, I don't <laughs> like the way the grid looks. Um,
0: <laughs> so it classic. was strategic, just for, <laughs> for the visual vibe change.
3: Yeah, aesthetically. Um, and I chose the name, I actually chose the name Nikki of 10 because like a lot of my identity back then was revolved around my family and how I fit into my Korean family. And I just, I just wanted to be with them so much. Um, And I, I have, so I have, there's 10 daughters total of my mother and father. They're all biological same parents and I'm number six. And so I was like, oh, I'm Nikki of 10 girls. And so I chose that and I put it, on a thing. And then I, I was like, oh, actually, like it's kind of a good play on words because, like, it looks like often. And I realized in my family, I was Nikki often most of the time because I couldn't be Korean and be with mm-hmm. them like that. But I was also Hijin to them because that's my Korean name. And I'm also Yoon-sun because the government named me that in Korea <laughs> or like Holt, I guess Holt named me that. But mm-hmm. then the government won't recognize my family name because I you know, I have to like submit a name change or whatever.
0: But your family told you that you had like a they had given you a Korean name?
3: Yeah, because that my all of my older sisters share a hanja in their name. Right. So um my and my my family was kind of like traditional like that. So they all named us with the one same hanja in the beginning. Yeah.
0: And then okay. Um,
3: so I have there's five hey somethings and then I'm not gonna say their names. Um and then yeah. I'm Heijin um so yeah so that was like how that title came about and I was so proud of myself because I was like yes I love when things have dual meanings because you know it's just like so much more interesting and Mm -hmm. um I think I continue that to that day and that might be the reason why people find it so not compelling but like so interesting to look at because there's just a lot of layers in in most of my drawings
0: you are an artist. You know what? It's an off-air conversation, <laughs> yeah. but I'm a, I'm going to take it back. You're more than a content creator. <laughs> Artistry. Not that and you know, I like I totally get to just being like, I don't know, that there's always this all the time, but I think like it's that level of consideration and that level of like I mean, really truly of craft. And I think the fact that like whether by just doing it a bunch or by like careful consideration that, that it is improved, I think it shows in artistry. And I think that is why, why your stuff is so resonant and why it's so like, every time I see it, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so good. Why don't I see this more? And then I get <laughs> mad at Instagram for not showing it to me more of 10 times. So yeah, that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really, really fantastic work. Thank you. Patrick didn't enjoy Thank that
4: joke. You about- <laughs> I wish I had
0: the soundboard, but I don't have control.
4: It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it is really fantastic. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like you, I, I, what, um, since you've like really been public and putting this, putting the artwork out, doing it very consistently, um, particularly from like the adoptee community, have you felt like you've seen a response from them, like, or from our community specifically? In terms of resonating with the different types of messages that you you put out, because like you said, one, they're very it, they're just incredible artworks, but two, like the caption, the story, what you put of yourself into that and share with the art, you know I think pulls in even more people i I, mm. I think beyond just the visual aesthetic of what we're looking at. And do you feel like you've had um, some kind of response from the Adobe community
4: outside yeah. of myself? yeah
3: um just you and one other person no i
0: um
4: i
3: uh yeah i get people who so the biggest group of people are people who've gone through trauma also whether Mm -hmm. it's my same trauma or not and i think the second biggest group is people who are Don't realize that they've been through trauma and for some reason when they see one of my drawings or read the words not a lot of people are reading actually I don't think but something in them is like oh my god I never thought of that or I never felt that and I and people reach out to me like personally to be like thank you for the this specific drawing or like you know the group of drawings and stuff because it helps me feel seen I guess and Um, yeah, I, I, and it's, it's weird to me actually, like when, because I can, it seems like there's not like one specific group though, like other Mm. than it just being like trauma, because there's a lot of like adoptees who I think are kind of like, like they're very anti-adoption and that's not my stance on adoption, but they, they still can resonate I guess, resonate, whatever, you know, with my drawings and we, it's okay for us to disagree on that and still kind of share this, whatever's happening with me and my drawing. Um, But then there's other people who have like completely normal lives. They're happy um, or they think they are and they see my drawing and, and they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I feel something about that. And so I think it's, I actually think it's really great that, like two totally different people can be brought together by one thing and and it feels really like I feel very honored that I can be something in the world that brings people together like that. Um so I yeah, I think that's I'm sorry, I go off on tangents. Um but yeah, I think the that that would be the response from adoptees. Yeah, mostly.
4: Love it. Yeah. I
2: really love your really artwork. Lovely. I mean, the fact that there are, you know, we talk about it too, that there are adoptees in all different stages of discovery or, uh, you know, trauma or their, their lives in general, that when they look at that they might relate to one and then not to the others. And so that's, again, I think the, the way that you do all your artwork is is great because it can be, um, you know, looked upon by a lot of different people. Um, and, it'll, it'll bring up emotions for different people in different ways and for other people that you might not expect to bring up emotions. So Mm. um, that's the great part about art, I think, is that everyone interprets things differently. And, uh, and it's, you know, I I just applaud you for doing that and for, for, you know, being a part of the community um, and sharing that. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I mean, that's the great metaphor, is it not? This art's making me feel something. (laughs) (laughs) It's making me cry. I don't know why.
3: Yeah. I think I was shaped by um, Disney and Pixar moments. Like, you know, when you watch a Pixar movie and there's this one Mm -hmm. moment where it's just, you know, like the beginning of Up or Mm -hmm. um, there's this one in the... The battle short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at the... (laughs) the climax of the story, like those, I just felt those so much. I don't know. I I love it. So I think I put that energy into my work too. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, and I think it helps. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I know that you said like coming out of the fog doesn't really resonate with you. Um, The language that I've started to use is like uh, apocalypse or like revelation, but like in a world shattering kind of way. Yeah. And I think like, like in, in a simple way, Because like, because your drawings are pretty, at least the ones that I've seen are pretty bare bones and pretty like, like minimalist, but like they do go to capture that moment is I think that like when people find it, it strikes them in their own life's arc and helps them reach either like that pillar or that valley in a way that helps them move into the next phase, you know, um, and sometimes maybe unlooked for, but I think always necessary to help people improve, to help people become better, to help people discover more about who they are. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for putting it out in the world and for, for doing that, that work. It's really, really fantastic.
3: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just really thankful that people are like kind of like it and, and listen and, read like the full blocks of texts and stuff in my things it's it helps me feel not alone actually um so i'm really thankful for other people and i i remember us interacting actually about the coming out of the fog and the apocalypse um it was really fun to try to think of like another phrase to use for that but
4: <laughs>
3: but yeah for me that was like a different story i just i just came to korea and lived here for 5 years so i it was different i think yeah
0: yeah totally all right well uh thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so open with your story um and yeah we we really appreciate it and you make our show better uh, and you make us better for telling it so thanks um we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna jump in with a food and or drink item I yeah. I never know is the thing. Nathan knows, but he doesn't know. want doing the transition. So here we go. Here's that break.
2: Welcome back to the John Chi Show. Eating food snacky time. Eating I'm cookies. Go- I'm going to just change it up every time to make Patrick laugh. You do know.
1: change it up every time. What yeah, do you it, mean? Honestly, you're saying I, it like you're just going to now start doing it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going <laughs> to do it, it that way.
0: Like, you know what, the last hundred you're times I know. didn't
2: mean to. But, yeah. but
0: moving forward, <laughs> I Moving do
2: forward, to I'm going to make it <laughs> canon. I'm going to surprise you every time. No, um, we are back. We just had a great interview with um, of 10 Webster. I was, I'm sure, sure many oh, people. You know, said everyone
3: awesome. except the one it was. It is exactly.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, goodness! We Incredible. have a snack from Haitai. <sighs> <We Hey just. laughs> hey hey tai Haitai. See, I cannot pronounce Haitai. Hey Haitai. Hey you just pronounced like, it correctly. No, it's because
0: in it's because in English it's H A I T A I. Yeah, but in Hangul it's. Hey Tay. Hey, hey tay. Take it up with hey, the people who Have we been pronouncing this wrong Korean. the entire
1: time or
2: do yes. we actually what no, no, definitely hey,
0: been wrong? What is it? I don't hey, know.
1: This company.
2: The little symbol there? Yeah. Hey I I don't know hey, I'm hey, on my hey. camera. Or not. Hey, hey t- I just I don't know. That sounds It so sounds so mean. Hey Tay. I don't know what I can't. I, I don't Think it, of a country. I don't know what it means. Too. It looks like Nikki's on Haiti. the case,
0: but uh, we're getting into some cookies. We're uh, gonna the John boys, have, originally from France. Oh, hey, yeah. hey. It does say that oh, sable hey, cookies hey. or sablé, uh, which I looked
2: up means
0: sand. Interesting. In and French. then uh, Nikki, <laughs> you have I'm sure that's you have a, like. a a previous um, time on the show cookie. What cookie are you eating?
3: I, I thought I was buying what you guys have, but it's a, just a binge cookie. It's just a binge just
0: cookie. It's just a binge cookie. No, it's
3: pretty good.
0: Well, at least you don't have Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think remember I know those. That uh,
4: those.
2: Those are good. Those, those uh, bin, binche. Yeah.
4: yeah I'm the glad. Thing that I am, binche. That sounds very like Manchester. Binche. Kale.
3: I'm glad you guys asked me that I went out to get this, though, because one of my like favorite Korean artists got a collaboration, and her art is on this box.
4: Oh, no nice. Way. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's
3: cool. That's cool. What? That's
1: awesome. I yeah. like those cookies, too, so
2: yeah.
0: I don't know I remember what these guys are talking
1: system. about. Do you want me to send They'll
3: you
2: some? Be- They'll probably be better than these, I mean, but we'll find out.
0: We can do can it domestically, get, so you yeah, don't no, we have
2: to. We can for
0: yeah. sure okay. get them domestically. Yeah, definitely in.
1: don't ship those internationally. Patrick <laughs> is just a little lazy. He doesn't get to the Kmart,
0: so like yeah. maybe he could.
1: Well, I, don't have, I don't have a Kmart here.
3: Uh, Yeah, let's mm. tell me how your sand cookies are.
1: Well, I now it's a very uh, Anakin Skywalker meme. So, I hate yeah.
2: oh yes. So KJ now is making me smell all of my packages <laughs> before I eat it because our last one was tasted amazing, but then when you it smelled, smelled it, it did not smell great. Oh, this so now I'm I went on finish first. all the ones
1: that uh, this that smell makes you, up for the smell. Yes, it does. Of the this is, is a
2: great <laughs> smell. I, I mean, I could rate this just based on smell. But
1: our I last like- stack smelled like wet foot <laughs> what? but it tasted like wet foot it tasted really good chocolate
0: chocolate socks. with a hint of cheese
4: oh, this is a very geez.
0: thin
2: smushed cookie it
1: looks mm. like- uh, i feel like we have a lot of snacks that have this same kind of like smell flavor profile
4: just sweet it's like the it's buttery really it's, yeah. like the it's very buttery
2: sure
0: yep it wasn't the easiest to open without yeah. breaking, but uh, it was good. Hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I have nothing else to say about it. Like because I just have a little <laughs> yeah. packet. Pretty much. So, uh,
2: I mean it said originated in Morgan. France in nineteen seventy five. Comes in a really big box. So you get a lot of little packages. Each package has four cookies in it. I miss um,
3: US cookies. That's you, why I'm not do impressed with it. You miss just like
0: generally like, like US sweets.
3: Um, I, yeah, every, all junk food in the US is like, way better. Mm. But, you know, it's because I grew up there, I guess. <laughs> but there's some I, I do have like my favorites of Korea, too, though, that, like, I can never, well, I could get it in LA. It, that was easy.
0: what are your favorite Korean snacks or dessert, whatever?
3: Um. Things? Indulgence.
0: Uh, uh, the food kind. Uh, my favorite
3: is the hot dog.
0: The one oh. you said, oh, yeah. the fresh yeah. ones
1: yep. on the street.
3: Yeah, and yeah. it has to be like yep. freezing outside, and you have to mm-hmm. be like, ha, ha, ha. and then I like dōkboki and I like the the gook off the street. You know the fish cakes, the
4: mm. on the sticks.
3: Yeah. But I just get the the water that that's sitting in, which is like kind of weird because in the U.S. that'd be like dirty hot dog water or something. But it's <laughs> I think it's so <laughs> good.
4: Little hot dog water. <laughs> <laughs> I would not go to say it, buy I that.
2: I was not it's so, not thinking. kind of weird.
3: Mm. You don't have to buy it. You you should buy something else, but you can just get a cup of it.
1: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can
0: I get that, the, that, all of that water? Can I get some of that hot
3: dog water? Some of that it's stuff fine. you're going to throw out. And then. Um,
0: can I have your trash?
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's been a lot of my life recently. Like asking my sister, are you using this? Can I take it to my new apartment? <laughs>
0: that's awesome yeah hotok is is baller Topogi also Mm -hmm. baller do Mm. you make any like your own hotok? have you done that
3: no that's i'm I'm too lazy for that (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. i I did that for one solo and Mm. then never again i'm just like here's a here's a frozen one that i'm just gonna stick on a skillet
3: yeah they're just they're pretty much just as good and yeah
0: um, the frozen ones are good i really
2: like those yeah. yeah And yeah. it's it's it is easier than buying yeast and waiting for it to
0: rise. Or, and all that oh, I didn't even go that hard. I just
2: got like I a didn't. make your own, but it was, was like a made mix. mix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the the box mixes. Yep. Mm. I've done that one. Um, mm. I know uh, that they, they have in Korea some different flavor Oreos that I've always been jealous that I've wanted to try. Oh. Um, uh. flavor? Like, like tiramisu. Um,
0: what I would totally
2: eat a tiramisu, like, Oreo. Th- like thin huh. ones. They have like those, you know, how you they have strawberry? a strawberry. Th- I'm almost thin. positive they have that in America. They have some thin ones here, Probably some that, like limited they have release lemons, ones, but they're yeah. they're different. Yeah, they're just there's a bunch of different Korean Oreos specifically. Yeah. So I, I've been, but you
1: know,
4: they're not as good. Yeah, yeah and I don't
2: just, eat that many Oreos. Like, it's because the like cookie to filling ratio is off,
1: right. Who it just the says
2: cookie. they only want one or two Oreos and
3: not Me. the whole package? Me also. I'm,
2: I'm yeah. a sample guy. I'm like, that's why I love the buffets, remember? <laughs> yeah. I get a little bit of everything. I don't want too much of one thing.
1: Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll sample it the whole
0: thing. And that's why he likes buffets. <laughs> we should get back to the cookies that we're eating. Oh, yeah, sure.
4: <laughs> back to the
0: sand cookies. That's kind of the the conceit of, of the Janshee portion here. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, you yeah.
1: eight years and you were like, "I have nothing to say about this." Yeah, yeah. I, it. I was just <laughs> like, "We yeah. had to talk about something else."
2: Well, what, what, well Nikki, how do you uh, feel about your cookie, your your bench?
0: If you had to give it, a, yeah, give it a rating from uh, one to five. I'm sorry, one I didn't eat benches. it. Actually,
3: I'm drinking a <coughs> veg meal. It's because it's morning time. I don't want to eat a cookie mm, in the morning. That's
0: fair. Um, that's fair. but it's binge. is good. Drink, so you've had it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's good because it's basically just a chocolate bar with. A cookie underneath um but it's not like a twix i don't know for some reason it's just like i'm used to whatever textures america is offering oh yeah oh
0: yeah um yeah.
3: but i have this Vegemil mill veggie sweet to biong veggie b i think it is they have they call mm. it Vegemil a is like the non-sweet and b is the sweet one mm, this interesting. one my sister like just recently told me that this was like our dad's favorite drink so now every time i go in a store i buy it which is kind of like my Hmm. weird sentimental way to be close to him i guess
2: yeah do you like it though is like is it like a vegetable
3: yeah it's just sweet soy milk
2: oh okay yeah with vitamins
3: yeah i guess yeah it says it's nutritional i don't know but they this one i like it right now because it's warm i got it from the warm the warming Mm. section in the convenience store milk section? rather than the fridge. Yeah, there's always All like right. a little um, fridge where they're warming up like coffee or anything that someone might want to drink warm.
0: I could, I don't I couldn't do like warm like dairy milk, but a warm soy milk I could probably do.
3: Hmm, yeah. it
0: seems to it seems to make more sense to me. Yeah, okay. I was, I was just asking because I was like, yeah, this is what I do to be close to my dad, but also I think it's disgusting and I hate it, but I still <laughs> want to do this. You know, i be like, oh man, that's that's tragic and understandable, but
3: <laughs> no, it's so. tolerable. But it's good that you like
0: it.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I I do like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, there's not a lot of things here I don't like. There's, I haven't come across anything that I've really been like, I'll never eat that, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the cookies and the baking, the bakery items, they're very lacking.
2: Yeah. What about the sea cucumbers?
3: <laughs> the sea, cu- I don't think I've ever eaten that. I would want to try it if it was offered to me, <laughs> but I pre- okay. if it's you a texture get it at some sushi thing,
2: sushi restaurants, it is a texture thing. Ugh, yeah. No, that's I one thing I didn't like.
3: like. Yeah. yeah. Like slimy.
2: It was like a kind of sushi. It was actually kind of gummy. I'd
4: oh, say. they put them
2: in soup sometimes too. like oh, little okay. cubes. You can find them in soup, but
1: mm. yeah. do not we'll want to find that in my soup. <laughs> you
0: <Yeah. laughs> don't it, need like it's a, not a, tofu, <laughs> I'll a seafood you that. style okra. <laughs> That's not about that. Are
3: you guys doing a lot of like cooking at home? For, like Korean food specifically? No? Yes?
0: Just
1: no? Nathan. Just me. <laughs> I mean,
0: I make uh, some version. <laughs> Actually, I'll say KJ probably makes yeah. it more I make often. some version of kimchi bokumbab for breakfast. Oh. Sometimes it has kimchi in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or just
0: the so it's just yeah it's just uh just fried rice may or may not contain kimchi but mm-hmm. yeah it's about as close as i get i don't know i've been thinking about i mean i made like uh the uh, toku and uh, i did just pick up like a a thing from zion market that's like a make it that's your like a packet version of tokboki, which is great um so yeah every now and then uh but it's not like all the time
3: Mm-mm. Yeah, I had this dream that I was gonna do that, but I didn't. Oh, is that like the- that?
0: But not expired, Nathan. <laughs> is it this one? Is this, is this the one? This oh, it expired. is October last year. <laughs> <laughs> Great, it's going in the, trash. Uh, put in the trash. Yep, but it's
2: but that's okay. soyo. Nikki, soyo. thank you again.
3: <laughs> thank you for
1: having thank me. Are we not gonna rate our cookies? Oh,
0: yeah, we haven't even, even
1: ours. <laughs>
0: we got fire, so many engines. So I right know. you three. I'm giving it a three. Move on.
2: That's out of I, what? I agree. Out of, out, five. out of five. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go there too. It's a little dry, actually. What? Yeah. I'm going it's like four. it's a little I sandy. like it.
0: It's a little okay. All right. I wasn't ready with the I trombone, didn't. but that's that's twice <laughs> now. The... And you owe yourself one. <laughs>
2: all right all right right. let
1: i mean now it seems like we've run out of things to say About now we're done now we're just hanging out (laughs) yeah now we're just hanging out uh nikki thank you so much for taking the morning to hang out with us (laughs) and share so much of your story with us uh it's really a privilege and honor on our part to be able to uh have you on and and for you to give us your time so thank you so much again for joining us and to all the listeners out there thank you for joining us um, if you want to join us for other stuff, you can check us out on all the social media platforms at John Chi Show. If you want to talk to us about stuff, you can send us an email to John show at just like or you can leave us a voicemail at 972-677-8867. Um uh, you can also go to John show.com and support the show in a number of different ways. I think we have merch over there now. I can never remember. And cool. If you're feeling so inclined and you do enjoy what you like or and you do enjoy what you are hearing on a Wednesday to Wednesday basis, we would love it if you go on to the podcast players that offer reviews and leave us a rating or review. Um, always means a lot to hear from y'all. Um, if you want to check me out, you can find me at Patrick in the we'll world. Check you out
4: gross <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> you just, the way you said that All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's and like late. the
3: facial expression too
4: <laughs> kj it's where late.
1: you can find kj at kj Relke wherever her he wants to be found and i don't even care about nathan anymore
2: <laughs> um, okay nikki where can people
0: find you on the internet Yeah. i was going i was going to call out with nikki more importantly <laughs>
3: My Instagram is um, at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I underscore often. And my website is NikkiOften.com.
0: Nikki of 10. <laughs> Perfect. All right, nailed now it. Now that you've had had a timeout, where can people find me?
2: Sorry. You can find me at N-O-Walk on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I'm cutting that out. You're ridiculous.
1: I'm cutting your tag out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm just gonna insert I mean, you're silence. Coming out of this whole episode, go right ahead.
1: No, I'm actually putting I'm, more I'm of here. you in. I'm looping your stuff and putting it into different places on the episode. I'm gonna go eat more sand cookies. Put it all in mm. my awkward
3: pauses. Just put Nathan. In. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just Nathan Phil. Just add some Nathan Phil. Um, well, again, Nikki, thank you so much. Make sure you go check out her stuff on Instagram and on her website. Do not screenshot and print off your own Do versions of her not. pictures. Get them from her directly. Support adoptees, support Asian Americans, and thank you for supporting the show. Until next Wednesday, John Chi Heyo. John Chi Heyo.